Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. On is the Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And my longtime friend, Fran Fraschilla, traveling across the country today, working us in, and uh, so appreciative of that. And uh, Fran, we're just trying to get you to Waco or or get you uh, somewhere where a Baylor close. game is being played. And this is uh, for someone that has such a close relationship to a team and a staff. This has been hard on all of us, Fran, as they every time I look, it's like, no, he's he's in Houston tonight or oh, he's somewhere else. So I hope we can get you back one of these days. Yeah. There are rumors. There are rumors that I will be in Waco in a couple weeks. And uh, trust me, Kelvin Sampson's sick of me. Kook fans are sick of me. Uh, Elvin Hayes thinks I'm taking his job as the radio voice of the uh, Cougars. And uh, But honestly, Mose, I'm having withdrawal symptoms. No Georges. You know, uh, no Scott Drew big hugs. The Starbucks machine up in the basketball office. I'm looking forward to my return to Waco. I, I probably saved the best for last. But let's put it that way. That's a little hint for you, okay? I've saved well, the best for last. I like, ooh, wow. I know there's one yeah. in March that's a big one. We may say goodbye to a certain team. Uh, there might be Fran, two that's in ex- March. There's two in yeah. March. Okay. Right? Two in Same weekend. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You might. Okay. You I'm, might, I'm, you I, might, I may make an appearance. I think I know what you're talking about. And the, and the Mosley show will be right yeah. there on the grounds, I think right out in front of the pavilion, uh, leading up to, to one of those particular games. But I don't even know what Foster Pavilion looks like on the inside. That's, that's, uh, that's unconscionable right now. Mm-hmm. So I can't well, wait to get there. And been following <laughs> the team from afar, you know. Not quite the same as rubbing elbows with Jacoby Walter and – Ray J. Dennis, like I did in November, but uh, looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to a, an incredible down-the-stretch Big 12 race. And can I let you in on a little secret? Please. I think the Baylor Bears have the most upside of any team in the conference in this final month because you look at how young Misi and Walter are and how they continue to keep getting better. Some fits and starts, no question, but then Ray J. and uh, – you know, the guys up front, um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the – I think, you know, this, they got a tough one Saturday, no question, because it's, it's impossible to win in that place. But um, I do think that they are they have a chance to keep getting better and better. So I'm looking forward to seeing what March looks like for the Bears. Yeah. You need to come see Scott. I mean, settle him down. He's become a very volatile <laughs> personality. He's getting tossed no. from games. So – he kind of needs you to kind of settle him back down a little bit. The other night, and I brought this up with yeah. him after the game, very congenial. And the, and the refs, it was kind of funny. It was that it was the, the guy I like a lot. Uh, is his name Kelly? The, it was a ball, the bald-headed ref. Um, oh, one of those, oh, Kip Kissinger. Uh, Kip Kissinger. Kip, Kip, game, Kip, I yeah. Kip, Kip yeah. Was, I think Kip was there, but it was just hilarious yeah. to watch the interaction because even when he didn't like calls, like they were going over yeah. – kind of explaining things, putting their arm on his shoulder, like it was a yeah. completely different feeling. But uh, yeah. uh, that was, Fran, that was a wild scene, that Iowa State thing. And um, yeah. I, yep. uh, part of me wishes you were there just to kind of, because, boy, to, to, <laughs> to see document that. It. To document oh, to document my it. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that was you, weird. Let me, 
Let me tell you about the officiating, okay? Okay. The officiating in the Big 12, by and large, is the best in the country. Now, keep in mind, all these guys work like four or five different leagues. So you might see Kip Kissinger on TV on a late-night game doing a Pac-12, or he might do a SMU-UNT game. You know, but by and large, um, by and large, this, the, the the Big Twelve officials I think are the best. Now, you know, Kevin McCullough goes one for five from the foul line the other night for Kansas, and no one crushes him the way they would crush a referee who misses a call. You know what I mean? Um, it's just this is a profession where they have to start out perfect and improve from there. And if your team is losing, you're absolutely con- uh, convinced that they, you know, they hosed you. If your team wins, you don't even think about the officials. And it's just that's the way we all grew up this way. We, you know, holding penalties in football, you know, strike strikes that are not called strikes if you're rooting for the Rangers. By and large, they're good. Now, I mean, here's the caveat. Um, the league is too physical right now. It's way too physical. Too many moving screens. We got all Americans in this league that set illegal screens on every play. Um, when you play Houston, the only way to keep those guys off the board is you got to tackle them. So <laughs> overall, the physicality has got to be cleaned up. Um, the coaches do have to stay in the coaching boxes, but this is a rule that's been a rule since the start of the season. And now all of a sudden you're enforcing it. Well, you know, yeah. you didn't do a good enough job of enforcing it. So, and then the other thing, my other pet peeve, you probably saw it on Twitter. We got assistant coaches all over the place jumping up and down like idiots, distracting their head coach, distracting the officials. And I wouldn't say this is the case with Baylor, um, but I'd say that um, there's a lot of that going on and a lot of you know innuendo about who's cheating and whatnot, who's got a camera on the huddle. That's all nonsense. So, but physicality is the one thing that has to be cleaned up heading into March. Yeah. Uh, well, you would have been proud, uh, John Jacobs and and AB, of course, stepped up too. But John, yeah. John, by the way, gets teed up immediately. In his first moment taking over the team, yeah. he gets teed up. But that was, I mean, again, Jeb Hartness yeah. and, and that crew, there was something almost weirdly personal going on in that yeah. game. And, yeah. and that thing that thing got, got away from him. Now, you mentioned Eve. I mean, this yep. is a, Fran, you've seen great Baylor men over the years. Corey became... Yeah a great score. John Motley became a great score. Of course, they all needed like a red shirt year. I mean, you, yeah. we've seen big men become really good at Baylor and there's been, I could keep going. Um, yep. but yep. this is, a, this is a different, I, I, I just, I can't quite compare him. In fact, sometimes I almost want to compare him to, to the guy that was at Kansas, just for the dominance, the Azubuki in whatever year that was two nineteen or two, 2020, there were moments when he was so large, and yeah. I saw it happen against Baylor one time at home. He could just engulf you and take over a game. But I, but this guy is more athletic than him, and 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 I mean, this is this is really something we're watching. And he just keeps getting better. He's taking people off the yes. dribble. He's dunking yep. on those. I mean, what what are you seeing from Eve Misi? Well, remember, he should be a high school senior. He reclassified. Yeah, um, it probably was a smart move that he did. He would have been crushing high school kids right now. You know, you know the background. Great family. Brother played yeah. at Harvard. Played with my son actually, so I know the Misi family. Um, and uh, I thought he. W- I thought I said at the beginning of the year. I thought he was as skilled as any big man that's arrived at Baylor as a freshman. Maybe since Scott started there, you know. And I think that's turned out to be true. 
I mean, so so much so that he's probably a top 20 pick right now. And that's both good and bad for Baylor because, you know, he's been so good that he may actually have to leave. You know, obviously, Jacoby's going to be a lottery pick. So um, that's the good news, bad news. That's what happens when you have a great recruiter like Scott. No question he keeps getting better before our eyes. He's more skilled than most of those guys at the same stage. Uh, I saw that play the other night where he caught it at the top of the key, put it on the floor, and dunked it in one dribble. And he's done that a lot this year. And, uh, again, that's why I say I think Baylor's got a lot of room for upside in this last month. You know, most of the teams in the Big 12 are, you know, getting close to guys getting the AARP cards because it's just the way it is. You know, transfer portal and COVID year. And you had the BYU guys who nine of those guys went on missions for two years. So they're all 24, 25. (laughs) And part of the problem with Baylor is that they've got a a lot of – physically immature guys uh not a lot but a few and two freshmen yet i think they're going to get better because they're going through the big 12 and by the time they get to march 15th they had they will have seen it all and uh that's why i think there's still room for for the bears to get better and better and some of the other teams are where they are and probably can't get much better because you know you're already where you are as an older player yeah yeah i i I, I want to stay with Baylor for a second, Fran Fraschilla, yep. and, and ask you about Ray J, because I think he does some things that are uncommon. The postgame, some, some of the passes he makes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not comparing him to any of these people, but I'm just saying, like, he'll do one of those left-handed, all the way out to the baseline things that only you see Luca or somebody like that do in the NBA, yet... Yeah, he also doesn't always value the basketball and can often end up with about six. Part of this is he's got a lot on his plate. I don't feel like Baylor has yeah. a backup point guard, and right. so when he right. when he has to rest, they don't really. I don't think they function very well, and so I, I mean, I again, I you've seen great point guard play at Baylor. I go back to Cherry and Pierre and all those guys. They had really good point yes. guards. This guy. Yeah. He could be pretty special, but he also has nights where he, you know, it's just it's not working for him. So, what are you what are you seeing from Ray J? And do you kind of agree with me in the sense that they'll kind of go as far as Ray J takes them in a sense? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you know uh, if there's one thing that Baylor's missing on this team, which they've had for most of the last you know 15 years when the team's gotten really good, NCAA tournament worthy is that break you down, Pierre Jackson, Davion Mitchell, speed demon point guard. You mentioned Kenny Cherry, among others. And um, absolutely, I think that's not Ray J. He kind of reminds me of those Villanova guards, you know. Uh, A little bit of Jalen Brunson there, a little bit of all those guys that won those championships. And um, I think, honestly, as I put together a list of people that I think could be like first-team all-conference, it certainly starts with the two guys at Kansas – Jamal Shedd at Baylor, and then I think Ray J's in the mix for being first-team all-conference, depending on how Baylor continues to improve. He's more of a combo. I think what you're saying, Moses, he's a he's more of a combo scoring point guard or mm-hmm. two guard who can play make. I guess guess that's what a combo is. And yeah. um, by the way, they have a point guard coming in next year by the name of Robert Wright, who everybody will love in Waco. But they don't have him this year, and so Ray J's got to kind of wear a lot of hats and. I think, by and large, he's been terrific, given, given that he's transferred up a level and that he's asked to do a lot. And I'd say he's 
you know, past the, if I was going to grade him, I'd give him a solid A minus right now. Okay. Uh, golly, I like, I, I like this. I've been wanting to catch up with you. I mean, we do text fairly often. Um, yeah. Maybe yep. more than you would like, but uh, the um, <laughs> the uh, uh, the uh, Fran Fraschilla with us on the Mosley Show. What about hey, the hedge comb? Can I yeah. can I tell you something? I cut yeah. myself shaving about an hour ago because I told my wife I got to re- I got to get to the airport by two thirty our time because I got to go on Moses Show, and uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make it. That the missus got me here in plenty of time, and I had ten minutes to spare. But I cut myself because. I knew I needed to be on the show today. Okay, just so you know, that's boy, that is real commitment. And I almost, <laughs> if I could see that Nick. By the way, I cut myself the other night and went to a Baylor game and did the whole thing where I forgot that I'd put a piece of tissue paper on it yeah, to clot yeah. it or whatever. And I did yep. the whole thing where and nobody told me for a while. And then I reach yeah. up there and I'm like, dang it, why not? Why did no one tell me? <laughs> That I had a piece of toilet, you know, tissue paper on I got my I got on my face. Yeah, you've yeah, no, it was, you know what it I'm was probably about. toilet paper. It was probably <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah, too I'm much information to, here. Yeah, exactly. TMI. That's it. That was what I could what I could get my hands on. Okay, uh, Hedgecomb, yeah. Hedgecomb. Can we get like that was a pretty good pivot. I mean, you know, Trey was yeah. close to my heart, and that was a very difficult one for me to take because I got to yeah. watch all of that from a front row seat. Yep. But sure. they pivot to Hedgecomb, and yep. I, I'm just trying to think, like, what are we – is Hedgecomb arriving like, hey, you know, immediate starter, NBA type? What are we, what are we looking at there? Oh, I, I haven't seen him in a couple of years, honestly. But okay. Okay. Given, given the hype, given the hype and yeah. given who recruited him, I talked to a member of my family who is uh, not recruiting that level of player but is out on the summer circuit. And yeah. he tells me the kid's special. I hear great things about the family and his character, which Baylor fans will love hearing. And um, with him and and, uh, and Robert Wright, who should have been a McDonald's All-American, but they only took three from the Montverde team, could have easily been him. Uh, I just think that, um, you know, the beat goes on. It really does. The new arena, the, the, the great tradition that's been built to get D.J. Edgecombe away from – Duke, and it was one other big-time school that was in it. Cameron, maybe UConn, or but to, just to get him away from the the other blue bloods, you know. The mm-hmm. I'm not sure Baylor's a blue blood yet, but they're right below that. But to get these guys to continue to add these guys to the roster is just uh, unbelievable. It really is what what they do now, and you know I think the league helps because it's clearly the best league in basketball. Uh, the tradition, the new arena, the campus, the school, the you know the culture of Baylor. I mean, you guys, you guys are pretty lucky right now, man. This is uh, this golden age is going on like three decades now, and it's not yeah. stopping. Well, we got Gary Patterson joining our football staff, so we're really wow. I mean, that, talk about a golden age. <laughs> wow, big time, man. Isn't that wild? He's the only guy on your he's the only guy on your staff that has a statue uh, out in front of. Uh, Another school. Oh, and they've already photoshopped, yeah, a Baylor stuff on that statue. Believe me. Yeah, Yeah. I I love it, man. Every time I, every time I go to uh, the Showmeyer Arena, I see Gary's statue. And hey, if it wasn't, let's let's be honest, if it wasn't for Gary Patterson, TCU would not be in the Big Twelve. You know, they would be in the Mountain West because Gary's football program made it, you know, impossible for yeah, you know, the Big Twelve not to take them and. 
I'll never forget most. Like when they were building that stadium, the season ended, and the next day they they tore down the old one. They had the new one up in ten months. God. That's commitment. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well. You'll see. Foster is still a bit of a work in progress. Like I, yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some stuff that still needs to be done, but it's gorgeous. And uh, if you've seen it on TV, you know people have uh, had a few complaints about certain angles, but I think we'll iron all that out. But it is loud, and it is cool. Hey, last thing I had for you, Kansas and Houston and Baylor, let's stipulate that they're kind of at the – at the top, um, yeah. Who's the who after that? Now TCU came in, beats Baylor in three overtimes. Baylor could be seven and one if you don't want to give them the Texas one. That's fine. Yeah. Texas hit a yeah. buzzer beater, but they had yeah. obviously two more that they, you know, they honestly at times had in control and couldn't finish them. But after Kansas, Houston, Baylor, who's the team in your mind that could kind of get it going? You know, Grant's done a great job at Tech, but they're struggling right now. Tang, yeah. they did have a big win, but that does not look like a great team to me right now. Uh, is there anybody that could kind of come from the pack uh, that, that could kind of grab our attention? I mean, Texas, it seems like down for the count right now. Well, I told you about Baylor, and I think they have a lot of upside. Uh, can't count out TCU because they got, you know, they got guys that have been around forever, a lot of experience, one of the older teams in college basketball. Kelvin Sampson said it best at his press conference today, you know, from 1 to 14. I, I've, I don't think this is the best the league's ever been because Kansas and Baylor are not the juggernauts that we're used to, you know, automatic number one seeds. But I think from 1 to 14, this is easily the deepest, most balanced league. And you ask me who, and I have no idea because – Quite frankly, every time I think Kansas, like on Saturday, I thought they were the best team in the country, then they lose to K-State. K-State, you know, gets hammered a couple times. They come back and beat Kansas. The only reason Texas Tech's in a slump right now is because they've had a flu bug, as you know, that went through the team. They, they would have, you know, no disrespect to Cincinnati, who I'm going to see on Saturday, but they would have beat Cincinnati Saturday, and they gave Baylor a heck of a game for 34 minutes without, you know, without being at full strength. So, to not dodge your question, I think this is a – like right now there's 12 legitimate teams that can get to the NCAA tournament, including Texas, because I think they're 12th or 11. Um, I think the league's going to end up with eight, nine, or ten teams in. Uh, but here's the good news. I think this league's going to be a monster next year. Uh, we know who's leaving and we know who's coming in. Recruiting is going well. We got transfer portal sharks in this league. And um, – you know, you got great, great traditions that are being added to the conference. So uh, this is a this is an off year for the Big Twelve, Mose. And yet, if you look at the Ken Palm rankings, still clearly way ahead of the second-ranked conference. And next year, I think it's going to be even better. So we have great basketball in the last month. You and I both know the tournament's going to be sick in Kansas City, and um, and then hopefully enough teams are not battered that they go into the NCAA tournament and do and make some noise like they have the last five years. All right. Well, you should have heard that uh, the Baylor crowd get on Pop Isaacs the other night. I don't want to get into that story, but no, let me, hey, can I say one quick that thing? Was, that I, was I, interesting. I, I know, I know more than they do about that situation and I feel terrible for the young man. He is a great kid and I don't mean to get on a soapbox here, but Baylor fans more than anybody should know that you shouldn't do that. And I, I think when the story comes out, not, I mean, nobody's going to apologize to him. 
But uh, I, he's a great young man, and uh, I'm hoping the truth comes out. And I, I, I was not happy with that. I'll be honest. Yeah, I got you. Well, yeah, that's uh, no, it's okay. That's that's why we have you on because you tell it like it is. And uh, in fact, I was trying to get him to turn the the uh, the sound up at a restaurant because I, I knew you were going to make some points the other night during that Houston. I'm like, hey, would oh, you yeah. mind getting me some sound on that game? So always, yeah. uh, always love that. Take care of that cut. Now, you, do you use one of those brushes and you brush the the shaving cream on, or do you use just kind of what what kind of shaving cream do you I don't use? Know. I, I, I use the store brand. You know. Okay. I don't okay. use Edge because the other brand is a dollar cheaper. It's the same thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> whatever, whatever, the, whatever my wife buys, I'm I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to okay. I'm trying to say I'm I'm pinching pennies. Okay, All right. I just I want to turn on my my TV soon and see that see a piece of tissue paper on on over there. I'll I'll know you're thinking of me. All right, I'm Fran, not, thank you. you. Okay, see you soon. I'll see. You. Okay, we'll talk you soon. There he goes, Fran Frischilla.